Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. listeners it's christina and mary we are here again and i am super pumped because we have chosen both a topic and a show for this week that is actually timely in the grand scheme of hyped animes it is none other than the promise neverland specifically we're going to be talking about possibility in the promise neverland and so quick disclaimer uh at time of recording season two is just about to be released and I know the manga goes way further, but this is going to be an anime-exclusive episode. So as long as you've watched the first season of The Promised Neverland, you should be all good. And with that being said, we're going to try and pop in spoiler warnings when need be. And before I toss it out to Mary, you may be wondering, wait, you just said possibility in The Promised Neverland in the same sentence. Who the heck talks about possibility in a horror anime? And I'm going to leave it to Mary to talk about why we, how we came to that connection at all whatsoever. You want to take it from here, Mary? Thanks, Christina. So just, yes, and before I get into it, just a shout out to Liz Mellon Suffer because they recommended this, this uh, anime for, to watch. And I was like, yes, totally about it and had so much fun just catching up with it. So thanks for listening and thanks for recommending. Um, possibility. So if you've watched The Promised Neverland or if you know what it is, you know that there isn't a lot of possibility in this world. It's really creepy. It's really set out for them to fail. It's not, it's not, the odds are not with you. The odds are not in your favor in this anime. So just a brief synopsis. And this, you, it's, it's not a spoiler because it happens in the first episode where you have these children who are being raised in an orphanage and they're very well taken care of. They have this mother who we'll call Mama Isabel at different times, um, same person. And these children are being tested every day and they're provided with food, home, luxury, whatever. You know, the basic needs, playtime. And towards the end of the episode, you realize that these children are actually being raised as cattle. Like they're being fed to demons in this outer world that they haven't seen or been exposed to. And this provides, therefore, the foundation for this, for this anime and that these kids try to now figure out, well, what's next and how do we escape? Having said that, again, possibility, not a big thing here because the odds are not set up for them to win in this, you know? They're just cattle. Like, think of cows on a farm. That's what these kids are. And so I think what was beautiful about this when Christina and I were talking about it was that they actually create something totally different for themselves by thinking outside of the box and thinking, well, what do we want out of this? And what do we want to create? And how do we do that? And that sparked this whole conversation that we're about to get into. Christina, anything to add? Yeah, I think just rifting off of what you just put in, Mary, you know, out in the coaching world, it's going to sound dramatic, but sometimes when it's time for us to break up what's predictable and go for what we really want, it feels a little bit like a life or death experience. Because 
most of us are just so used to surviving life as it is. We're used to how it goes. We're used to following the rules. We're used to just maintaining status quo. And it, it really takes something. It takes creative ingenuity. It takes a willingness to fail. It takes courage to break outside the box. And so the conversation that we're going to get into today, and, and we'll go into a couple of the different characters and the roles that they play, but when Mary and I were debriefing after watching season one together, what we really noticed is that Isabel or Mama, who is like the perfect embodiment of someone who plays by the rules, versus Emma, one of the main protagonists and one of the children who's very smart and learning the truths of the world in this series, represents possibility, actually represents the rule breaker who's willing to create something else, both to survive, but also to actually get to thrive in the world. So I'm super pumped for it. And I'm wondering, Mary, where do you want to start with this? Let's just dive right in. So let's talk about our three main, char- our three main characters. Uh, they're Emma, who Christina just briefly mentioned. She's a smart, she's uh, one of the smartest, always scores, really athletic. And she's the one who initially finds out about this cat along with Norman, who's probably the smartest one. He's the highest scorer in the orphanage. Um, although he's physically weaker than uh, Emma. And they both, through, through this very traumatic, very dramatic scene, <laughs> they find out that the children are being kept as cattle as food for demons. Then there's Ray, who's more laid back and more about looking after himself, I would say, but still really smart and probably more of that tactician. So he looks at strategy and what's the strategy to get my way is how I would describe Ray. So those are the three main children who start this whole, well, how are we going to escape out of this, the school? And then there's Isabella or their mother who's watching over them and kind of gives them kind of just like raises them until a time when they're off to be food. Yeah. So like I mentioned before, the, these three children play such a great foil to mama because what you learn about mama and spoiler alert, in case maybe you're halfway through the series or you're not quite there yet is mama played the role of being a child. Like she was also being raised to eventually become food. And it was her choosing to play by the rules and protect herself and survive that had her say, hey, you know, let me, let me actually go on to continue the legacy here. I will sacrifice as many other children as it takes to protect myself and take care of myself. And so what you see over and over again is that mama is obsessed with the rules. Everything must go a certain way. Everything must be in order. Everything, And it, it's, it's like she has no ability to think for herself or think creatively. And one of the apex moments that you realize this, and this is a pretty big one, is while she is not the biological mother of most of these children, what you find out in the series is that she is in fact the biological mother of Ray. And it's Ray who needs to be creative for her in how to survive because she she can't see it. She's just like, well, you're screwed. I'm sorry I gave birth to you. This was the, like, you're going to have to be eaten. And it's Ray and his ingenuity that goes, well, you don't have to let me get eaten. You could let me be a spy and rat people out and decide who else should go. 
And in that way, I am still of use to you and I get to live. And so you see how mama is so in her own box that she can't even think of how to protect her own child. That's how limited her possibility is. Yeah. And it's, I think it's beautifully said because it's when Ray actually stops, starts into act as by that you start to see a tear in what that looks like and start to see that pattern kind of break up because here's Ray doing something different and accessing this little bit of possibility to keep himself alive. But Ray, at being an orphan in the school, develops really close relationships with Emma and Norman and doesn't want to see them go or die. So he starts forming a plan to expose Norman and Emma to what this world actually is and what it looks like so that the three of them can start work together and break out of this. But for him, for Ray, it's still just about the three of them. It's not until Emma steps in and says, no, we're going to take everyone that Ray and Norman are like, what, what do you mean everyone? That's not even possible. Like, first of all, how and second of all when it's just three there's a better chance but taking everyone is just like bizarre and insane and they're looking at her as an anomaly as can't work right so it takes emma actually stepping up seeing this vision saying i'm going to create this for myself to actually uh, create possibility not just for her and norman and ray but actually for all the children in the school yeah, and so if we're actually just mapping out the amount of possibility possible for these characters, you start with Mama, no possibility whatsoever. These are the rules. This is how it goes. You then see a little, little glimmer, little sliver of possibility for Ray, who uses his ingenuity to break the status quo, but his possibility stops at, well, for me, Emma and Norman, and that's it. And Norman's even kind of into this game plan, and it, it actually requires Emma to be, no it's everyone. Like either it's all possible for all of us or none of us get to go. So I'm, I'm curious, Mary, as someone who fell in love with the show as you got into it, what do you think is different about Emma? What has her able to see possibility in a way that no one before her has? I think it's something at the beginning of the episode uh, of the series, there's this one episode where they're talking about each other's strengths, where Ray's little uh, Ray asks Emma, okay, so what's Norman's strength? And well, he's really smart and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, what's your strength? Well, you're really smart, but uh, somebody asked of her. But Norman said, you're very naive. And we think of naive as something bad, right? But it's also, I think for Emma, it's her connection to her heart. And it's also her connection to imagination. Because, you know, connected to all these orphans who are her family that she's been raised with, there's the connection to her heart. She loves all of them and she's not willing to sacrifice any one of them. But then there's the naivety because if you were really like on the other side of that, you'd be like, well, it's not possible. <laughs> you know, you're like, no, I'm done. Can't forget about it. But there's that part of her that it's like, no, it is possible. I'm not willing to let them, any of them go. And we're going to have to figure out a way how. So it's almost like giving it to that innocence that actually, I think, gives her access to that possibility. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in some ways, it's, it's the beginner's mindset, right? Like, if you have tried riding a bike six times and fallen every single time, you've built up that fear that the seventh time you're going to fall again versus the experience of like, well, I've never tried it before, so how do I know if falling is even an option? And I think the other piece of it, which 
you've spoken to Mary a little bit is Emma is supercharged by her community. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, for Mama and even for Ray, in a lot of ways, they just see the people around them as pawns or tools or things to use for their own advantage. And while they're master manipulators, the consequence of that is that they're also pretty isolated. And I think what's really incredible is, you know, there's this this scene in the series where Emma gets real, real fucking serious with Ray. Like she's just like, you don't get to sacrifice anyone else because she finds out that Ray gave up some children so that they would have more time to come up with their escape plan. And she was like, hey, I know why you did it. And I know you think it's the only way you can do it but no more. You don't get to do this anymore. And I think her being able to have that conviction is because she's actually supercharged by the community. She love, you know, Ray and Mama see connection as a weakness. They limit their connection so as to remain apathetic and in their bubble. But Emma uses her connections as her superpower. It's actually, you know, it's the sunlight, it's the battery, it's the thing that has her willing to stand her ground and be like, this is what we're going to fight for and this is what we're going to figure out. Yeah, I mean, that's beautiful because we see, and spoiler alert, please watch the series because it's amazing. But Mama, you can see that how Mama actually did try to escape at one point and how she was so beaten down by what she saw that she gave up. But the difference is that Emma actually had not just Norman and Ray, but eventually she has like the whole orphanage behind her. You know, she manages to talk to all of them and get her their buy-in to escaping together as a, as a whole school, as a family. And I think that's what provided her with the opportunity and that possibility to actually come true because now it's not just her alone, right? Now she has this whole school with their own resources, talent, skills abilities to do other things while she remains with this vision so I think that's part of it and I think when we think about ourselves taking it outside of the anime for a bit when we have a goal or a dream a huge one you know and we think that's not possible well it's rarely possible by yourself but when you think about the resources in terms of the people that you have around you and letting them in and helping you accomplish that vision, it becomes a lot more manageable. It becomes a lot more possible. And I think that's the takeaway that I got from Emma in this whole anime. Yeah, I love that you brought it back to if we're just looking at ourselves and our own lives, Mary, because part of the the heartbreak of coaching sometimes is, I don't know about you, but I'll have clients who are so close Like they're right on the edge of the breakthrough. They're right on the edge of having life look completely different from how it's ever looked before. And because of like one more roadblock or one more wall or one more trip, they give up. And what I tell my clients over and over and over again is you got to be willing to fail forward. Like when you feel the discomfort and you feel the pressure, it's your opportunity to lean into it. Just go a little bit further rather than lean back. It would be like if a caterpillar felt the pain of the chrysalis erupting and so stuck in the chrysalis rather than emerging as an incredible butterfly. And it's super awesome that you drew the parallels between Emma and Isabel's past because what we see is is Mama, Isabel as a young girl, attempts to escape, sees just how fucked up the world is, and retreats. That's her fuck this, I'm staying in my chrysalis moment. She is so dejected by it that she goes, I can't go any further. Whereas for Emma, it's 
her seeing the horrors of this world that she goes, well, if it's horrific anyway, I may as well lean all the way in. I may as well try to escape and possibly die on my terms than die on the terms of these fucked up rules and circumstances that I have no control over anyway. Yeah. And in doing that, I mean, she inspires the whole school. I think she changes the mentality of the whole school who previously was really blind to all of this. And even Ray, who's kind of the cynic in of the three of them, I think he's the most cynical. Um, even Ray at the end starts to see it happen as he sees Emma's master plan, Emma, well, Emma and Norman's master plan go into effect. And it's beautiful to watch him just be present to how possible it is when everyone works together and uses their strengths. And you're right, because the thing about leading in, especially in those toughest moments, is that you don't do it alone. <laughs> you know, it sucks if you, I mean, you can, but it sucks if you do it alone. It's when you really have a whole team, a whole community, um, a whole, whatever, your, whoever your tribe is, it's when you lean into that, that magic actually happens. And that, you know, it's easier. <laughs> it's an easier process to become, to step out of that chrysalis and into a butterfly when you have someone holding you up. Yeah. So speaking of creating the support system, like actually creating the community that's broad enough to support you, which of the other characters, especially perhaps some of the youngsters, would be worth highlighting or celebrating or you know, just gushing over as we reach the second half of this episode. Okay, I have, I, I gotta tell you, Christina, I love Bill. Bill is probably one of my favorite characters in this whole thing. And Phil is, I think, he's two years old uh, in this anime in the first season. And um, he's really smart. And I think one of the reasons I love Phil is because he's really intuitive and he's really open. And he's also a leader in many ways. So here's this small child who is just trusting of Emma and trusting of Norman and trusting of Ray and says, okay, I understand. And this is what I can do, you know, and this is how I can help and support. And it's just beautiful to watch his story throughout the, I, I don't want to give it away. So you just have to watch Phil, but he was one of my favorites. What about you? And there are so many others, right? There are so many other characters that we could go into. But Christina, what, what are some of yours? Well, first of all, I just have to say for anyone that is a crossover, you know, anime, otaku, nerd, gasm, festival, fanatic, and uh, Harry Potter head. Um, and I want to be clear, Harry Potter head, not a JK Rowling supporter. Those are two very different things now. But for those of you that appreciate both fandoms, I feel like Phil gets to have his Neville Longbottom moment. <laughs> And I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I'll just say Phil quickly becomes the Neville Longbottom of the series for me. Um, you know, I think for me, and I want to be clear, I know we've already given Ray some airtime in this episode, but I really want to acknowledge the transformation that Ray is having in real time. Because the tricky thing about people who are, you know, the charming assassin, master manipulator type, is that their strategy really works. Like sure enough, Ray has created a pretty sweet deal where he will always stay alive and he's pretty much guaranteed that the two people that matter to him most are gonna stay alive with him. And when you think about the possibility of losing that, of losing life in service of anything else, why, why would you ever? And I think it actually takes Ray and his love for Emma 
to be willing to open up his heart enough to allow love for everyone else. And I think it's really precious that when you see that confrontation that Emma has with him, he's actually able to be moved by it. Versus whenever he has conversations with Mama, who is his actual mother, it's so, it's cold and closed off. And so Ray allowing his heart to be open enough to hear Emma ultimately allows for the transformation of him being open enough to care for anyone else. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think in talking about love, I think we also have to talk about trust. It's like, how much do we trust this person to have our backs? And I think that's one of the reasons that possibility even became, possi- became possible, but happened in this anime series, because two of the other characters that I really loved watching were Don and Gilda, were probably the next oldest uh, orphans at the school. And to be honest with you, Christine, I didn't like them very much at the beginning of this of this series. It was like, what is going on with these characters? What are they doing? But I realized that a lot of their actions were led because there just wasn't trust or openness. And it's actually when Emma started to trust them and when Norman started to trust them that they created something different. They actually stepped up and were able to play to their strengths. And this is how we can, this is how we have a role in this, in this dynamic. And it became beautiful to see because now they were all equals. Instead of, I have this secret over here and I can't tell you because you can't handle it. So there's also something about trust and love that actually creates this possibility, which was also amazing to watch and unfold. Yeah. And you know, one thing to, you know, once again, talk about how anime really can be your life coach is this isn't a phenomenon that's unique to the series. And if anything, the fact that it's possible in a horror genre means that it should be even more possible in your life because I hope your life isn't in the horror genre. Um, But seriously speaking, you know, possibility begets possibility. Like when you see someone who is chasing after what they want, it it supercharges you. It creates this like, oh, what if that could be me? What What if that's available for me? And we see it at the end of the season one finale, because what we know is in some ways, Mama had an opportunity to stop them. You know, she has this great moment where she's like, okay, I admit I lost Go. And I actually have it that it's the parallel between Emma's storyline and Mama's storyline as young Isabel converging. You know, where she retreated and didn't go any further, she sees the possibility of Emma and Norman and Ray and the older kids that go with them, the chance to liberate themselves. And she thinks, oh, you know what? Why not, why not see how much further you can get than I can get? Yeah, and I think the tragedy, tra- tragedy of Mama is that she does love the children. I mean, personally, she, I think she does love them. And I think that showing them affection and love throughout the time that they're there is the only way that she knows how to actually take care of them and to actually bring some of that quote-unquote possibility into into their lives so she works within the, the difference is that she works within the constraints of the rules not actually thinking outside of them or behind that Whereas Emma says, this is clearly not enough for me (laughs) and I want more and I'm willing to step outside the box to create it. Yeah. So speaking of stepping outside the box, as we wrap up this episode, you know, 
Mary and I have been taking a look at bringing some timely series, you know, checking out what the hyped new releases of fall and winter. And so if you want us to be covering more shows that are current, either they are brand new or they're about to have a new series air, be it on Crunchyroll, Netflix, Hulu, wherever they are these days. I know Amazon Prime had Banana Fish for a while. Let us know. You know, leave us comments, write us emails. Or if you're someone that loves the retro, like you love the old school series, I promise they'll still be coming. But if you have noticed we have yet to cover, say, like Cowboy Bebop or any of the other classics, also feel free to let us know because we are more than ready to nerd out over all that. Anything you'd like to add to wrap us up, Mary? No, thanks for listening and please subscribe. Bye, everyone. Take care. Bye. Thank you for watching Coach Taku. If you liked this episode, please share it and consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Taku Pod, C O H C H T A C U P O D or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host? In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram, and you can follow Mary at raven5130 on Instagram. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.